This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. We are back after a, uh, a week re- week rest here at the holiday. Hopefully you had a good holiday too. Uh, refreshed and everything. The Colorado Avalanche, of course, we went through the Denver Nuggets a little earlier in the program. If you missed any part of that, you can always go to MileySports.com or if you have the free Miley Sports app, not only can you uh, listen and watch at your convenience, you can always go get any part of the uh, program that you missed. So you can catch that a little bit uh, later today as well. Am I allowed to say, not with any specificity, but uh, a week from today will be a very exciting day in the history of uh, this radio station at the very least. And I think for uh, radio in general in this market, there's there's some there's some things percolating here with uh, with with our program here. So you're happy you're uh, you're here now, and you'll be able to uh, say you knew it when. But we look at the Colorado Avalanche, who also, of course, free agency for the the NHL and NBA overlap. Substantial changes on certain parts of this team. You know, the goaltending is the same. The defense is essentially the same uh, when you're talking about. Uh, when everyone is healthy again. And it is the offensive lines that shift up quite a bit. Here's what you're looking at, I I would say, I'm sort of projecting today. And I'll let you know when they're new, obviously. The top line is going to be Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. And I suspect the left winger will now be Jonathan Duran, who was Nathan McKinnon's teammate up in Halifax. A a highly uh, selected, highly thought of prospect that it didn't quite click, and the Avalanche clearly hope that they that Durant into the one year deal gets back on a track with his old teammate. And look, there are fewer players that would be better to get on track with, but but I do think they're going to try him on that top line, the second line, Sandy. I think unless you want to, Wayne, we can do it line well, by line. What are you thinking? I, I'm thinking I'm nervous about starting the top line of guys who scored 17 goals in four years. And and I understand the prevailing <laughs> assumption is that Nathan McKinnon uh, played in juniors with Druan. And they're friends. And Druan uh, was a pretty decent goal scorer for about a three-year period from 16 through 19, in which he had... 52 goals in a three-year I don't remember. This is a guy that was the third pick overall. And this is the third overall pick in the draft. So you're thinking around 18, 19. Yeah, back in 2013. Okay. Um, he's coming on. And then in 1920, and I understand uh, season shortened, interrupted by COVID, and he had some injuries, and he only scored seven goals. Of course, he 20, had 15, 21. points in a 27 games play. I understand. Not bad. Terrible. Not bad, but he was minus 14, too. Right. Uh, his minutes actually went up to better than 16 minutes a game in 2021, and that was a Montreal team that in the playoffs did well and made the Stanley Cup final, uh, losing, of course, to Tampa Bay. Uh, but 44 games, two goals. Comes back in 21-22, and it's a full slate of games. He only plays 34 games. He has six goals. And then last year in 58 games, he has two goals. So I understand change of scenery, friend of McKinnon. Uh, Some I'm sure he'll get a players. look yeah. on, uh, on the first line, but I'm not sure I'm convinced that he belongs there. And I have uh, much more confidence in uh, Duran's former teammate with the Montreal Canadiens, Arturi Lekkanen, on that first line. But that's just me. But uh, yes, I, I understand that's the conventional uh, projection. 
uh, that you got Druan for $825,000 this year, and you put him on a top line with McKinnon and Ratton, and if you can't play with them, <laughs> yeah. well, then you, uh, you, you're, you, you probably just can't you're, play. You're basically uh, done with him. He's only on a one-year deal. Right, right. It was a, kind of a make good, one-year 800000 That second line, uh, let, let's just assume when I – Said Duran is on the first. Let's see where they go. Second sure. line would be uh, the presumption is that we may never know what what happened. Uh, Valerie Nachushkin is going to be back, so he's gonna on be right on the, wing on the right wing left on the second line. Shot on the right wing. Uh, Lekkinen would be on the left, and then yes. Ryan Johansson, of course, the right. Avalanche traded for him. He's going to center that line. To and, me, uh, and and those salaries uh, kind of match up. I Lekkinen like that second half, line. Johansson at four, and Nachushkin, of course, at six point one two five. Now, you know, Johansson is trying to replace uh, JT Comfort, who gets, uh, you know, he goes and gets his his deal and moves on. But I, I just, I don't think that line drops off. I think that line drop and actually has an opportunity. No, I, I think it's a better line. I think it's even better. You just got to keep guys like Lekkanen and Nashushkin healthy. healthy. Johansson's been pretty durable. And you know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, you know, I, 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 he's got good hands. I think you know he's the got floor a good perception for Johansson. I think right. that's the way I would say he, he it. I think not, you know the floor. He does not have great speed. You don't necessarily need him to have great speed. Uh, you need him to win face-offs, and he's very good at that. Still is. That, yep. That's where the good hands come in. And his vision, uh, I think he's a pretty good playmaker. And I, I think that will hold up. I don't know what kind of goal scorer he is at this point. He, he may not even be as good a goal scorer as Comfort was. But even at 45 to 50 points, I think on that second line with, again, Nishushkin on his right, uh, maybe Lekkanen yeah. uh, on his you left. You can hand out a lot of helpers, uh, you, and that's you, okay. You've, you've got a solid second line. Third line gets very interesting because now you're talking about uh, the, the trade uh, for Ross Colton. Well, you the know you have Alex Newick. That's in the center. Uh, of course, they got to sign him. Uh, yes, but that's going to get done. Uh, you know it'll get done. He's a restricted free agent. The Avs are going to find a way to get that done. You don't make that trade unless you intend to sign him. So Ross Colton will center that. I presume Logan O'Connor will be on the right side. Yes. I think that makes sense. Right hand. And then shot. the maybe the interesting addition, and we both like the Colton addition a lot. I think that's a substantial uh, upgrade, even though I like the potential future. Of, of Alex Newhook. I think this was a, a good trade for the Avalanche of today. And then I think when you're talking about left wing on that third line, a little more depth added in Miles Wood. Now, Miles Wood, you may not be terribly familiar with, uh, 6'2", 195. He's got the kind, the kind of frame you want. Uh, he's put up more goals than you might think. This is a guy that uh, has had double-digit goal scoring in four, uh, five of the last six seasons. And in the 2021-2022 season, uh, he was hurt and only played three games. So you're talking about a guy that's been a pretty consistent double-digit goal scorer in this league. He's got good speed. Uh, he is a, a left winger. I look at that third line with Colton, who I think has, a, has not reached his ceiling. Wood, given the, the, some skating and some speed over there, and O'Connor's very oh, he good. Can skate. Yeah, Wood can Wood, skate. Wood can skate. And you're he, talking he gets about a O'Connor's little good, uh, carried away at times mm. with uh, the penalty minutes are way, way, way too, too high, high for a guy like that. Yes. Uh, and in two of his best years, he had 19 goals in 2018. <laughs> the 17-18 season, uh, he had 19 goals, but he also had 76, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 84, 84 penalty, penalty minutes, minutes and 76. And then eight. 91 the next year. And, and then, 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 yes, he had more the next and year. 76 and, and 76 And then he had, at, at last year, a, a minute, uh, uh, a game of penalty time. Uh, but he did have 
27 points on 13 goals, 14 assists, and he was a plus player uh, for a very good New Jersey team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, spent uh, for a fourth-round pick back in 2013, you know, he's played more than 13 minutes a game. So I, I, I think he's a 13 to 15-minute-a-game uh, guy, uh, has speed. Uh, I don't know about penalty killing because he himself has been uh, in the penalty yeah. box a lot. He's, he, he's, got a, he, he's got to cut down on the penalties. But otherwise, a little surprised they signed him for six years. Six years. But at I, I think the amount, price though, tag, though, at $2.5 six years, $15 million. And this is one of those things where you renegotiate. Anyway, they, he got the length that he wanted at age 27, and the Avalanche got the that, average yeah. annual value that uh, they wanted uh, at uh, $2.5 million, uh, per year. So I, I, I do like that. Uh, I, I love the Colton uh, addition. I think he gives them some punch on the bottom six that they simply did not have last year. And we'll get to some of the other stuff in in just a second, uh, but I think worthwhile gambles, Druen and Woods, at the very least, worthwhile gambles. Uh, Druen's only on a one year prove it deal, uh, making less than a million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avalanche certainly could afford him at those prices, and I, I think he welcomes the change of scenery. And I like it when the burden of proof is on the player. Uh, I, I do too, and, and I mean, the I, burden of proof here is on a very uh, gifted look, a guy player the, like who is massively pick, underachieved. Uh, underachieved, and you know maybe it, maybe it clicks. And uh, the funny thing is, the, the Colorado Avalanche had another one of those guys. Remember, Valerian Nachushkin at one point was the tenth overall pick in the draft, and had underachieved. Now, not for the the span of time that Duran has, obviously, but uh, it, it is possible to bounce back. But I like that third line. Wood needs to maybe stay out of the penalty box. I'm not sure if that's going to get a lot better because he's this far into his career, but the Avs signed him to that six-year deal, so they weren't terribly concerned about it. At least you know with with Wood and O'Connor on the wings, you not only have scoring ability, but you have some guys that aren't necessarily afraid to mix it up, have a little bit of grit, have a little bit of sandpaper, the ability to get under some other players' skin. So, so there is that, and the Avalanche sometimes are lacking in that. Now, the fourth line is the big question. As it stands today, you are probably looking at Ben Myers, centering a line of Frederick Olofsson, who they t- picked up from the Stars, a guy that actually grew up here in Denver, and probably Andrew Cogliano. Uh, I-, I would say definitely Almost. Cogliano, who is uh, coming in at eight twenty-five for this year, eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and I think uh, they kept the right guys in Jack Johnson and Cogliano. I do too. I, th- I think in Johnson choosing case, to retain them. Uh, you have Johnson right and Gerard on that third pair. Uh, I, I I like that combination. I, I think it's possible Cogliano scoots up to that third line. It depends on how they want to shake things out when they need a bit of scoring punch. But uh, that fourth line, obviously, with Cogliano, I think you know what you're getting. Uh, he's a very, he's still a very effective player. It's really just age that's the, uh, the issue with Cogliano, if there is one. But uh, at the moment, you know, when you're looking at Olison, who they, the abs at least uh, liked enough to trade for him, Seems like there's a decent gamble, but hasn't really showed anything at the NHL level. Myers is still a, a a prospect at most. I like him a bit more than you, but I don't think he's anything more than, uh, at very best, a third-line guy if he, if he maxes out his ability level. But that line feels really lacking. I look at the first, and, and I do wonder about Duran because that could be that could be good or that could be a big zero. If Duran doesn't work out, you have to move Lekkonen up. 
Then you probably have to move Wood up. Then Duran maybe sits on that third line. I mean, now you're talking about some some weaknesses here. So at, at the moment, while it could be pretty solid, a lot of it depends on guys like Duran and Olofsson, who are, for very different reasons, huge unknowns coming into the season. Yeah, and they're they're trying to prove it is now. And and this is essentially it. There's really no moves. But I I for feel the a lot better on the third line than I did. I like the, the third line the a lot better. I think the third line has improved substantially. I think the second line is actually a little bit better. And the the top line is a big question mark, but you have to accept, you know, Gabe Landeskog is not available. That would be Landeskog's spot. He's not there. I think one of the reasons you signed Duran to a one-year prove-it deal is if he does, great, bring him back. If he doesn't, well, you hope the Landeskog's returning right. the year after that, and you're like, well, thanks for the memories. Yeah. But how much, when you look at it today, and I know we're, we're a long way out, but when you look at, say, um, the power play, it's going to be more or less the same as you saw at the end of the year last year. You'll have... Uh, McKinnon, yeah. Randon, Nachushkin, Lekin, and McCarr probably on that first unit. The second unit gets changed up a lot. You'll have Byram and Taves probably back there like they were. But you're probably talking about Colton and Johansson in some capacity. Um, hopefully, as a first-liner, if he sticks, that would be Drouin. If it's not, uh, it might be Miles Wood. So the second player power play unit may not be as effective, but the, the penalty kill... I think becomes interesting because and that's now, been a weakness. Yeah, at the, the moment you're going to really have to ride. Colton can kill penalties. Colton can kill penalties, and uh, Johansson can win face-offs. Although I don't think he's really a penalty killer, and, and Colton, he's not a particularly Colton's good not, skater at not, this point. Not of his bad, right? Either. Colton's not bad on face-offs, and Colton can skate. Um, at least skating has improved. Um, Wood can definitely skate. O'Connor can definitely skate, but you'd like to get you'd like to get someone so McKinnon isn't having to be out there killing penalties. Which well, McKinnon times, doesn't kill penalties, uh, and you, you have to find another skater who can who can do that before you can find somebody who can take those faceoffs. And so, yeah, that that could be a Johansson, maybe on a unit with a Lekkinen. Although you know you maybe lose a little bit of skating there, but I think that's maybe where Ross Colton is set to fit on that maybe second penalty kill well, unit. Yeah, Lekkinen's superb penalty. Lekkinen's fantastic. And Nachushkin is is very, very good. And there's right. no worry about your defenders on that uh, in Taves and No, McCarr I, and I think their penalty kill will be the most improved part of the team. This coming Even year. though most of it will be holdovers. Yeah, but I, I, I think they've they've added uh, in, in Colt, the guy who can both win face-offs and uh, has the speed, has enough speed to kill penalties. I do like we'll, we'll, I, I we'll do see like how that it plays Colton. out. That Colton edition, we'll see how I think, it plays out. Uh, I, I think they're fine on, on defense in terms of, of penalty killing. Uh, Johnson's steady. He's not going to kill a lot of penalties. Uh, but I, I think you have three tandems, uh, Taze McCarr, Byron Manson, uh, Johnson and Gerard. Uh, they can all kill penalties. Uh, I, I don't think you're reluctant to use no, any uh, we, of those we, guys. We saw Gerard uh, really step that part of his game I up thought he was better. last year. I thought he was better killing penalties. So I agree with you. How much worse is coming in for two years and under $8 million. Yeah. For the two years. That worked out nicely. How, Good work by the Avalanche. Is this team... I, Sandy, I look at it, and the Durant thing is a huge question mark. But I look at the second line, I think it's better. I look at the third line, I think it's better. It's better. Yeah. And I, I think the fourth the line fourth, has a chance the, to be better. I'm not sure it's significantly but, but maybe, worse. Maybe maybe health will... will tell the story when it comes to 
uh, overall depth. Remember, yes, they, they were a terribly thin team by playoff time, no no doubt. And then the Shushkin goes out and it blows up their depth completely. They have nothing uh, beyond the first line in terms of scoring capability. Uh, certainly not five on five. You, you couldn't expect uh, uh, the third or fourth lines to do anything, and the second line to do very little. On on defense, I, Makar had so many injuries. I, I never thought he was the same player. I, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, although he Didn't had a good right. year. Uh, Taves, uh, again, some of the same uh, signs that, yes, he was good. Uh, I thought he was fine in the playoffs, uh, but he wasn't as dynamic as I've seen him in other years here. Uh, Manson hardly played. Byram hardly played. Uh, Gerard, I thought, improved uh, the second half of the year. Uh, Jack Johnson, I know he doesn't grade out very well playing for other teams, but in this system, Bednar seems to have a lot of confidence in, he, he, and, and puts him in a position to succeed, doesn't expose him uh, in, in areas where he, frankly, isn't all that good. Right, uh, He's not being asked to play 15, 16, 17 minutes a game. Uh, you don't need him to play that much. Uh, you've got five guys who can play big minutes. All are capable if, they, if they're healthy. And, again, I think the Byron Manson combination, we hardly saw any of that last year. We didn't see any of it in the playoffs, right? No. None of it. No. Uh, so uh, I think that is yeah, the tandem behind Taves and McCarr that will make a big difference defensively. And uh, – I, I think I'm in the majority and feeling this way, but it isn't an overwhelming majority. I like Georgiev between the pipes, and hopefully Francois can stay healthy. He's certainly had his fair share of injuries down through the years, uh, and I agree with something the former Calgary coach, Daryl Sutter, said during the season. Uh, when healthy, that's as good a goaltending tandem as there is in the NHL. I think Francois is a that. far better than average backup. The oh, yeah. problem with Francois's health that's the only problem with Francois as a backup is that he isn't available. And, uh, you know, the old cliche. Uh, best availability. Uh, availability is, the best is ability. an ability. Yeah. Uh, and it's an important ability to have. Uh, Georgiev, to me, showed he could play a lot of games last year and, more importantly, showed he could win a lot of games last year. And it wasn't like he had 40 wins or whatever it was because they were scoring a ton of goals for him. They weren't. Their goal scoring dropped substantially from the previous year. He was much better than Darcy Kemper. Not a little better, much better. In in fact, to the point of not even being able to make uh, a reasonable comparison that would have them both on, on the same level. Uh, Georgiev, to me, was one of the top five goaltenders uh, in the regular season. Uh, in the playoffs, I didn't think he was special, but I didn't think he was bad either. Uh, I can list a dozen reasons why they lost to Seattle before I get to the goaltending. There are three prospects for the Avalanche, and there's fewer because uh, one of them left was four of their top prospects. There are three that actually have a chance to maybe crack this team. Well, it's not make or break. There seems to be an opportunity to get it. We'll talk about the guys that have a huge opportunity in front of them next on Miley Sports.
Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. There are a couple players for the Colorado Avalanche who have an opportunity here, and we'll, we'll take a look at a couple. Uh, the first one is Jean-Luc Foudy, who represented the Colorado Eagles in their All-Star game. Uh, Whom we both like. Yeah, a third rounder both, back both in 2020. In fact, I like him more than Myers. And gotten better. Uh, fourth me. on the Colorado Eagles last year, uh, 36 points in 46 games. Did make nine appearances for the Avs. Uh, nine is an in- always an interesting number, because remember, at 10, now you have to... Your contract has to kick in for the season in the NHL. Uh, nine is the maximum number of games you can play and still be on your minor league right. deal. When guys play nine games and go down, generally what that tells you is the team thinks they're really close because you made it nine games, but they're not willing to commit to a full season contract with you just yet and send down. So uh, a Fowdy may be ability have an ability for a depth role there if he comes up and he will certainly be invited to training camp and we'll see how that goes that also goes with oscar olison who was the 28th overall pick in 2021 uh only 20 years old things have not quite uh come together immediately six foot two uh, in size big shot he can skate but uh for the eagles last year 11 goals nine assists in 63 games he did play seven games with the abs last year but that was a disappointing game a disappointing season for, for Olison. So I don't think he's going to get his chance immediately. I would, it would surprise me if Olison broke camp with the Fs. Would it surprise me if Foudy did? Maybe not. I mean, maybe if uh, he, it wouldn't surprise me if he all. looks phenomenal. Now, Myers is kind of in, really is in a bit of a make or break season at 24 years old. I agree with that. Uh, he's going to have to step up and be more significant and, and look like a guy that can regularly center an NHL line. But there's an intriguing guy. On the wing, too. The Dallas grab, the, the Avalanche grab from Dallas seems Riley Tuft. Now, he played in 10 games in the previous year, played in three games this year. He only has one NHL point. It's a goal. But just turned 25 years old, and he's something that the Avs don't have, and that's big size. We're talking about, you know, Logan O'Connor's the biggest guy on the team, basically. So. Unless you count Miko Ranton, who's a very big body himself, but you think of him not using that body in, in, in the way that. Depth guys but this will. guy's big and plays a heavy 6'6", 230, uh, big, big body. And the thing is that he can play a little bit, Sandy, in Texas in the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. 19 goals, 16 points, with a plus 23 in 63 games for Dallas. So ending up on the, on the Avs, a guy that does have a minimum of NHL experience, but he does have 13 games at the, uh, at the NHL level. That's another intriguing fit. So when you look at the... Frederick Olofsson's or even the Jonathan Druans or, or the Ben Myers of the world, there are some challengers for that. You know, Foudy could, could challenge Myers. Foudy could beat Myers. And, and I like him better, line. but, uh, you know, again, I, uh, obviously we've could seen a, could a guy more like Myers in the NHL. Uh, end up with that, that mm-hmm. left-wing spot on the fourth line maybe, as opposed maybe. to, say, uh, uh, Olofsson. I could see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. There, there's I think still Cogliano, I, I think Cogliano will be on that fourth line. Uh, with a depending on injuries could could play up, um, but otherwise, I the thing I like is that again health is the big question, but I I like the top nine. Uh, the 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 one aspect of Duran's career 
that I didn't mention earlier that may work in his favor. One, only 28. And two, he's played on a really bad team the last two years. And and, and they've been rough years, without question. He hasn't played a ton of games. What is it, 92 games the last two years total? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and he's scored eight goals in those two years. And the team's terrible. And he was minus nine and minus 18, but that's minus nine and minus 18 on, on I, I think, probably over the two years, as bad a team as there was in the NHL. Over the I, two years. I, I do period. think there are reasons. I, I wouldn't say to have faith in a turnaround. I don't have faith in a turnaround. That's too strong. But are there reasons for me to believe that it's possible? Oh, I do have reasons for that. I mean, the, there's no question about the raw ability of Jonathan Duran. Like you said, third overall pick. You don't accidentally get picked third. Uh, people believe across the board that you can play, that you believe you're, they believe you're going to be a contributor at the NHL level. Uh, in his case, we talk about this in other sports, uh, football a lot too, but it's in every sport. Where you get drafted, to the team you get drafted and all that, it does impact your career substantially. If you are a quarterback, let, let's say you're let's say you're Trevor Lawrence, this is hypothetical, and you get Urban Myers your first year. What happens by the end of the year? You're like, oh well, maybe Trevor Lawrence was this wasn't this generational quarterback talent we all thought. One year later with Doug Peterson, oh no, back on track. Where would Trevor Lawrence be right now if Doug Peterson was his coach in his rookie year? Right. I don't think it's it's unfair to say that Lawrence is Which probably should have been the case. Thinking uh, back, on certainly it. should have been the case. <laughs> but, they hired Urban but if Meyer, you think about that, like, um, I don't think it's 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 a stretch to say that a guy like Trevor Lawrence would already be substantially better than he was last year. But yeah. but bad coaching on a bad team and yeah, ends up setting I, I, a guy back. And I can't comment on the coaching, uh, but what I can because it's a fact. It's it's a bad team, and. You know, at the same time, he he scored 20 goals in his career once. Yep. Once. And this is the third overall pick. Some with the raw talent that he had. That's, was that's, that's that's bad. Nine years in Montreal? My math, right? 14 through 23. I know his first three years with, with Tampa. First three years with Tampa. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And, and then, then with Tampa. Montreal. And, and then Montreal. That's, that's right. So he spent, that's he spent right. six you're, now in Montreal right. and, and the first three in Tampa. You're right. But, but, you know, he had his 20-goal season and that in, in Tampa, his, his final and, he, season in and Tampa. he was playing 17 minutes, 42 seconds a game. Uh, he never averaged uh, that many minutes in Montreal. Nope. But, uh, you know, Tampa was coming on as a decent young team, and uh, he got hurt in 15-16, didn't play, and but 21 games. But the other two years, he played 70 and 73 games. Uh, first two years in Montreal, 77-81 games, and then the last four years he's hardly played. And uh, remember, and this year when he played, he and played. I get badly. it. They they weren't a they weren't a great team, but remember Montreal uh, made a run here, even the, coming out of that. Uh, that they did out of that weird season of 2021 uh, when uh, they came out of the, the West. Believe it or mm-hmm. not, yeah. Because the, they the were weird, in that Canadian division. Canadian division, and they, they get all the way to the to the cup final, and they, and there they lost. And in that year, in the 44 games, he scored 23 points. He was minus eight, but when you're talking about, uh, you know, the 23 points in, in 44 games, that's not terrible, but it's also not spectacular. 
the, right. the, the production right. the production rate right. in that year was actually his worst. Yeah. Getting a point yeah. every 30 minute and 46 oh, yeah. seconds yeah. on I the I mean, ice. 23 points in, in the 44 games he played. The, he, he this is a good. guy that, that over the, really, I mean, when you're talking about the last four years, and he's 28, He's basically a guy that scores every 30 minutes on the ice. And I don't know if this is as pronounced now as it used to be. Um, Montreal is not for everybody. Uh, And even at times uh, for French Canadians, the expectations for for a guy who's number three pick. Now, the Canadians didn't pick him number three overall. Tampa picked him number three overall. But still, when you get to Montreal, and it's a big trade, you know, you get a talented yeah, young yeah. guy right, who right? just came off his first 20 goal season, came off a, a 53 point season and played almost 18 minutes a game for a pretty good team. And he comes to Montreal in 17, 18, and there's tremendous pressure on him. Uh, he plays almost as much as he did the year before, but he goes from 21 goals to 13, uh, similar number of assists, but he goes from minus 13 his last year in Tampa to minus 28 his first year in Montreal, and you can imagine it, it's it's not vicious, but it's relentless, the pressure you're under. Uh, and, you know, they're not going to – this is Montreal. They're not going to boo you out of the building. But you'll you'll feel the criticism, and you, you'll feel that you're failing. To me, no matter where the Canadians have been in the standings, the expectation is you play for the Montreal Canadiens and you're expected to win and you're expected to produce. And as a number three overall pick uh, who comes in a big trade, uh, it, it, it just may have gone sour on him for a number of reasons. Well, now he has McKinnon vouching for him. Uh, right, and that's a that's a big part of this. Chris, and Chris psychologically, that may help. Him. Yes, Chris McFarland, after he was signed, told our friends at the Denver Gazette, uh, when you watch them play in juniors together, obviously the chemistry was there. Of course, we're going to pick Nate's brain. He knows him better than anyone, not only right. as a player, but as a person, an individual. Nate was an honorary member of the scouting department for a few days. Oh, sure. That's as he sure. should have been, as he should have been. He, he played juniors with him, and you you play juniors together, you you're... You, you're in close quarters. You're around these these people all the time for a long, long time. They play a ton of games in junior. Here's what they play Durana, a ton of games. But I, I, all, my only point is to to say, well, I know he'll succeed because he's back with Nathan no. McKinnon now. No, that doesn't necessarily correlate. But I think it helps him psychologically that he comes here with a clean slate and nobody's asking him to score thirty goals. Durant said at his initial press conference on a conference call, said, obviously, I've known Nate for a while now. Uh, to get a text from him at this time in career, something I'm looking for, not only Nate, but everyone on the Colorado Avalanche, and then continued to say, I think I needed a fresh start. Obviously, there were a lot of ups and downs in my six years in Montreal. I'm super excited to get a fresh start somewhere new, and I'm hoping to help them any way I can. And to find my game again, I know it's there. It's just a matter of it's, confidence. It's been dormant, and it, a lot of it is... Uh, you know, the old Yogi Berra line, 90% of the game is half metal. Half metal. And, and that's... And if that, that is the case, drooling. then being in a comfort zone with the guy that you've played with, right? maybe right. that works out. Well, well, And maybe you play on his line and maybe you don't, but he's still there. And that that's a comforting thing psychologically. And, and this team is made up of guys who will be very welcoming. 
and uh, you know, it's it's an event. McKinnon can be demanding, but Duran's been around McKinnon. He's been around it enough to to not be surprised. That, that I think is at that's an any of McKinnon's point. quirks. Or mannerisms. I think that's a really important point because, yes, as we know, that can uh, that can rub guys uh, the wrong way. Unless, of course, you've already played with them, and you know. And uh, McKinnon, by his own admission, after the Avalanche won the Cup, uh, lightened up a little bit. So we'll see how that works. And you're out pointing him with, for the with, with two of the best ten, and maybe even the two best uh, two of the best five players in sport. If you put him on that first no, line, yeah. Now, I, I, to just plug him in there, no questions asked doesn't have to compete for a spot. I, then I'm thinking 17 goals in four years. I think I, I prefer that he earn it because Lekkonen's perfectly comfortable playing there sure. and has been much more productive uh, and is probably a better all-around player anyway. Uh, but I, I I think it's intriguing, and it's a again, it's one year. It's a worthwhile gamble. And I, I think both the Nuggets and the Avs deserve solid B grades for their activities in the offseason to date. And I think we assume that their activities are more or less complete. The Avalanche have some paperwork to do in getting Colton signed, but they've got Byram at two years and 7.8 million, which to me is uh, a steal. Remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's just good remarkable. Good I, good I thought even on a two year bridge deal, which I think this is, uh, he'd be getting eight and a half to nine. Well, we'll find out for the abs uh, in a couple of months, but uh, baseball is at its all-star break and the home run derby tonight, uh, much awaited because um, some talent is there. Well, our friends at Superbook Sports have some of the latest on it. Uh, we're going to go through it and make some picks. We'll do it next to my life sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, you know, you get to hear from our friends a little bit, Superbook Sports on the show. And over at Superbook, they're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code Mile High, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook matches your first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. Easy enough to do. Download the Superbook Sports app. Enter the promo code MileHigh. You'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The Home Run Derby is tonight. And uh, quite frankly, I think as most people have come to understand, probably more fun than the All-Star Game itself, uh, even though the All-Star Game I think still has its uh, particular charms, given the fact that teams actually do go they out there fix it, and try to win, but it's, it a, needs it's to a bit fixed. of a mess. But we're going to look at tonight's because uh, over at Superbook, they have, they have the odds, and of course, we know the matchups, we know the rankings, and, and I want to go through and, and let's let's see if we can make us some guess tonight because some of it is is pretty funny. Mookie Betts is is the sixth seeded guy uh, in in this tournament. He'll be going over against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the first round. Uh, Mookie Betts has my favorite reason. As far as they can tell, he's the smallest player to ever compete in the home run derby mm-hmm. because no one's ever been shorter than 5'9", which is what Mookie is. Right. And they're sure that no one's ever been shorter than 5'9", and 180 pounds or fewer. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny. He's got 26 home runs. 
<laughs> it's not as if it's not unreasonable. His joke when asked about it said, yeah, but they all go 382 feet. The reason he's playing in this is basically because his wife talked him into it because he talked about it and he said she, she was like the only thing you've done, everything you ever wanted in baseball, the thing you've never done is the derby. And so okay. he said, let's be real. I'm not a power guy. Do I have some home runs? Sure. Um, I sort of love that reason, though. He's because, not a tape measure guy. Uh, he's not a tape measure guy. But again, he has 26 home runs. Oh. and uh, Oh, he's a hell of a player. Bat to ball is not a problem for Mookie you, Betts. You play in Dodger Stadium half your games, you got, you, 26, you got 26 home runs at the All-Star break. Right. But but there's there's an opportunity here to get exposed to some some interesting talent. You have Adley Rushman, uh, who who might have been as a rookie the very best overall catcher in baseball. You look at the Orioles uh, this year. Rushman already twelve home runs. Wow, he's uh, two seventy three and is the key guy, as good a defensive catcher as there is in baseball right yeah. now. And that's at why five years they old. have not only capitalized on the new rules offensively, but with this guy throwing, yeah, you can't run on because everyone else you're running on everybody, yep. but not on Rushman. Even right. he's got power bat as that's well. Exactly uh, right. Nobody probably has been paying attention to the Texas Rangers. You should be. Uh, Adolis Garcia has 23 home runs. Yes, They're right he's, fielder. He's great. Uh, come having a good year at age 30. We've seen uh, Randy Rosarena on the big stage with the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays making a run. Only 16 home runs. Yeah. Not much bigger. 5'11", 185. But he he has some pop, too, and he kind of has that free swing mentality. We talked about, you know, Mookie, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's funny that uh, <laughs> Guerrero is uh, the heavy favorite over Mookie, as you expect, but Guerrero has only half as many home runs. He's only got 13, yeah. but he's also custom-made for this oh, kind of uh, event. Of course, we have Pete Alonso, who's won this before. Yes. 26 home runs for the Mets, hitting only 11, like but that's not what you're, you're worried about. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, the hometown uh, favorite. Of course, uh, yeah. Rodriguez, um, and it basically an opportunity to be the face of baseball in Seattle and maybe one of the faces of baseball, period, Seattle's over the only next. four games out of the wild card. Yeah, 22 years old, plays everything, plays the game the right way in every way. Rodriguez is a treat, uh, 13 home runs. And then the guy who's seated at the top, who's still, by, by and large, maybe unknown to a lot of fans, and that's Louis uh, Robert Jr. Uh, he is 20, yeah. has 26 home runs out of Cuba, hitting 271. Another guy that at 6'2", 220, he can run. He can throw. I mean, can do just about. There are everything. a few of those guys around, now, and uh, and they're making some noise. But but we'll kind of look at it. So that first matchup, you have uh, they actually go by matchup here over at Superbook, and so let's just do some some quick quick votes here, and we'll we'll include Danny Bailey in this as well. So uh, let's look at that first one. We have we have uh, uh, Lewis Robert is a minus two forty, Rushman a plus one ninety. Uh, look, that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of chalk, but I'm taking it anyway because I. I really like I like the, the Cuban import a lot. I'll agree with that. So, you know, we're going to have to. Yeah, he's the number one seed for a reason. For right? a reason. Yeah. 26 home runs. He's easy swing, by the way, if you haven't watched him. Then you go to the, the one that I think is going to maybe get the, the most attention would be Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez. A lot of excitement there. <laughs> Alonso, a minus 150. Not bad for a guy that's won it a couple times. Uh, Rodriguez, a plus 130. I can't pass on Alonso. Who no. Just got the I think Alonso will it, swing. So I haven't. Okay. Won. Okay. I have a different guy winning it. I haven't won him here. Um, I would take Julio in that. Okay, I think he right. dominated last year, and he hit mo- he hit more home runs than yep. anybody did. He did, and, uh, he, and he's in his home ballpark. So he I is. love the storyline. Uh, just a lot of fun to watch. Okay, the energy, the excitement. So I'll take I'll take J Rod there. All right, let's go to the uh, the, the the closest one here: Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena. Garcia, the favorite, at minus one forty five. Rosarena, I'll take Garcia at plus one twenty five. Yeah, I, I like Garcia a lot there too. 
I'm with you on that one. All right. And then the last one, the uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the heavy favorite at minus 220 over the yeah. guy who's only playing because his wife talked him into, but has twice as many home runs. Mookie bets at 180. Guys, I think Mookie's going to make it out of the first round. I, I think he I think he is totally relaxed. I think Guerrero knows, is expected to mash. I think Mookie's not going to hit these bombs. I think he's going to hit more. I'm taking Mookie. Well, Guerrero has to choke. And yeah, he does. I, I think uh, Guerrero will win. All right. I'll take Mookie on yeah, that, too, because do he doesn't have anything to lose. The pressure's all yeah, off. Yeah, the Vlad pressure's Jr. all off. All right, well, Sandy Sandy picked his favorite, obviously going with Alonzo to, to win it again. He is the favorite over at Superbook, Superbook.com, at a plus 350. I like that. I'm going to go with the next guy. I'm going with uh, Luis Robert Jr. I think that he's a plus 400. I just I love his swing. I, I think it's a, a free and easy swing. It's different. It's difficult to hit those home runs in Seattle. With that roof oh, open, that is humid. It is, yeah. it is thick. Oh, oh. Heavy uh, air. It's heavy, yeah. heavy air. Sure. The next favorite is Guerrero at the plus 400. J-Rod at plus 500. Uh, Garcia at plus 650. The long shots, Mookie at plus 1,200, along with the Rosarena. And uh, Rushman uh, at plus 2,000. Uh, so, you know, plus 400, I'll, I'll take Robert. Plus 350 for Alonzo. How do you feel? You think you're going with Rodriguez at the plus five? Yeah, I'm sticking with Rodriguez. I know he doesn't have a ton of home runs this year, but... Well, we've seen him do it in the derby. And the derby's a different thing. Yeah, we talked about it with Mookie. It's about the big guys. He's a big guy at 6'3", 228, and he's only 22 years old, so the youth helps him as well. Uh, And it's an incredible story. You, You think these guys get up playing at their home park maybe too much? Yeah, I think there's because a lot I've, of Because I've there. seen that happen before where there, there's, there's too much pressure. And then... Uh, That'll be something get, to watch, we'll yeah. But, you know, that, that might tell you more about the personality of a guy like Rodriguez. If that bothers him at all, uh, we'll find out. But it should be a pretty fun show. We're looking over, by the way, through books just for the, just for the heck of it. I decided to look because, you know, by and large, it, it, it's, it's betting, right? You, you can bet on virtually everybody. If you want to bet on the World Series winner, uh, you can still bet on the Detroit Tigers. You can still bet on the Chicago White Sox. You can bet on most teams, obviously, when you're thinking about it. As a matter of fact, over at Superbook, you can vote. You can bet on 26 Major League Baseball teams to win the World Series as of today. Not the Colorado Rockies. They're so bad. They're off the board. They're they're looking well, at the, any team that's gonna lose. They're looking at the Western City thing. They're like, we're not even Based gonna risk it in case something weird happens. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 they're off the board. They're off the and, board. They're not even. They're uh, like, they're, ah. they're three teams, uh, probably, probably four. I mean, obviously the A's are tanking, uh, so they don't you've got the Royals the are terrible. A's, you've got the Royals, you got Washington, you got Colorado. And by the way, those are the four that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so well, they're all gonna lose hundred games. And um. You know you're bad. You know you're bad when sports betting sites don't even want to take your money. I mean, like you know, if you're if you're a nut who decides I'm going to bet on the Rockies to win the World Series, if it was my my site, I'm more please go right ahead, knock yourself out. Uh, folks, at Superbook a little nicer than that. They're like, no, we're not going to bother. It's so bad, Sandy, that you can't even bet on the Rockies over at Superbook to win the NL pennant, let alone the World well, Series. Well, of course not. They're not <laughs> even available there. <laughs> they're 18 games out of first place, and they're 15 there and are, a half out in the wild. You card. can bet on 13 teams to win the pennant, not the Rockies. No. They're so bad. How important is it for the future of this franchise? I can't believe I'm saying this. 
If you would have said this, if I would have said this back when the Rockies were coming to town, all the excitement. How important is it for this franchise to lose 100 games this year? I think it's incredibly important. I think it's well, an inflection point. Th- th- there's no way to explain away or otherwise rationalize a 100 loss season. That, Unless that you're the A's, is, in which case you're saying we're well, leaving town later. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure what they're thinking about over there. They're going to have to play in Oakland for, for another year or two anyway. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, Kansas City is worse than the Rockies. Uh, none of its prospects seem to be developing in the fashion that they anticipated. But the, but the Rockies are a complete and total embarrassment, even to people who follow them closely and go to a bunch of games. Uh, they're an eyesore to watch. Um, no one seems terribly perturbed by losing. You know, Everybody wants to win. Uh, nobody loves to lose, but do you hate to lose? Uh, there's nobody on this roster right now in this organization. Uh, in fact, uh, in the playing ranks, coaching ranks, uh, front office ownership, uh, who hates to lose. And uh, I, I, I'm not shooting the messenger here because uh, Patrick Saunders and I have been good friends for a long time. But I was reading the uh, mailbag column right. last week. Yes. And there was a question about how Dick Momfort was viewed by other owners. And Patrick, uh, I, I'm sure accurately, suggests the other owners love Momfort because they can't imagine how a guy who owns a team this bad can be making money hand over foot year after year after year. And I'm thinking the cynic in me is thinking they also love him because his teams are so easy to beat year after year after year after year, even though uh, not one of his teams has ever lost 100 games. Get this. For as bad as that team is, um, it gets worse. The Rockies have 18 players on their payroll and in, 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 on the mm-hmm. organization that are over the age of 30. 18. They're not a young team. Uh, that is they're the greatest a, myth. old and the, bad. They're, they're that one is of the disaster. five oldest teams in the National League. Old and bad. There they're, is no upside. They're old. They're slow. There's no upside. Uh, they're bad, and their farm system is virtually maybe almost bereft. Maybe lower edge. Talent mid-tier, but probably closer to being kind of on the upper edge of the bottom tier in in terms of uh, uh, prospects' potential right now. They, they have no pitchers in the system who are worth anything. They have a couple of position players who might turn into something. But uh, basically, the thrust of the mailbag column in the post last week was on what this team will look like in two years. And... Uh, you know, Chris Bryant's name was mentioned, and I think Chris Bryant will be in a wheelchair two years from now. Well, you can get him as a, you know, bobblehead statue of him as a Jedi from Star Wars later this month. I'm sure that'll work out. I mean, that's what the Rockies are selling. They're selling Colorado Summer. It ain't the baseball team. We'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll find out which one of us had our home run derby pick, right? Because uh, we picked three pick different guys. Kind of like that. So have fun with that. Thanks for listening to the show. You can always catch any part you missed at MileySports.com or the free My Life Sports app. You're crystal clear in your pocket anytime that you want it. Thanks to Danny Bailey for keeping everything running and making everything sound smooth. Thanks to you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Keep it right here on My Life Sports.